Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast. This is Tom Salemi. MedTech Talk, of course, is the only podcast affiliated with the MedTech Conference. Uh, we'll be holding our 15th MedTech Conference. It'll be on June 1st in Minneapolis. So uh, please check out the agenda. It's on our website, which is so simple to remember, medtechconference.com. Uh, we've had a lot of help from our great advisory board and our two terrific co-chairs, Justin Klein and Kevin Hikes. Please uh, do check out this year's program, and, and we'll see you there. Last year, we were very uh, honored to have uh, Dr. Tom Fogarty attend. Uh, he received our uh, Lifetime Achievement Award for all he's done in MedTech. And he and, and Hank Plain from Lightstone, uh, who, of course, have known each other and worked together for a very long time, had a, a, a very frank conversation about the state of innovation in healthcare. You can actually check that out. That's also at medtechconference.com. Can find videos from our past events. Uh, in that talk, uh, Dr. Fogarty talked a bit about uh, his creation of the Fogarty Institute for Innovation, and that's what we're following up on today. I had the chance to speak with Kerry Pope, who is the Executive Director of Mentoring at the Fogarty Institute, and uh, Kerry and I go back a little bit. We talked a decade or so ago when he was CEO of a company called Novare that would uh, ultimately go on to be acquired. Well, Kerry is bringing those, uh, those insights and those experiences from leading medtech companies into the Institute and really nurturing uh, young companies and young entrepreneurs, which is so vital for the future of medtech. So uh, the Fogarty Institute really is bringing together, again, entrepreneurs, but 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 with uh, corporations like Johnson & Johnson to create uh, uh, an infrastructure and an ecosystem for MedTech to thrive. So I hope you enjoy uh, this conversation with Kerry Pope of the Fogarty Institute for Innovation. Kerry Pope, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Tom. It's nice to be here. Great to have you. Now, you're the Executive Director of Mentoring at the Fogarty Institute for Innovation, and we were pleased to have Dr. Fogarty at our MedTech Investing Conference in May uh, as an award winner. And uh, he uh, was his his uh, typical lovable self. He told some great stories. Uh, he uh, uh, came off as uh, rough around the edges here and there. I'm imagining behind closed doors, he's rather a meek, mild individual who sips tea and kind of keeps to himself. Is that right? Not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Dr. Fogarty uh, it, it doesn't worry too much about appearances. Um, virtually everything that he says uh, has a meaning. Uh, most times it's right out in the open. Sometimes it's, it's hidden and you have to think about it. But no, he's very direct. and. Um, Good, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, that's what you get when you have a conversation with Tom, whether he's a presenter or whether he's sitting in a cubicle working with one of the young teams or talking to uh, to investors. That must be. I would, I would he love, calls it like he sees it. <laughs> I would love to spend a day just, just trailing him and seeing what the day is like. How did you come to know uh, Tom Fogarty and, and end up at the Fogarty Institute for Innovation? Well, it's a, it's it's probably a longer story than, than we have time for, but basically um, I, I was uh, asked to be the executive um, vice president of sales and marketing for a public company that Dr. Fogarty had founded that was Intermed Laboratories. And within a very short period of time, um, 
the company was acquired by Baxter um, in, in its cardiovascular group down in Irvine. And uh, we were the, the company, the small company that I was with was folded into the vascular systems division. And I became responsible at that time for uh, sales and marketing of um, virtually all of Dr. Fogarty's royalty-bearing products that were distributed by Baxter. And so he and I got to know each other quite well at that time. And and then uh, subsequent to that, um, we had the opportunity to found a company together, Navari Surgical Systems, um, which was an extension of that cardiovascular marketplace and uh, a, a third generation of Fogarty Instruments. And um, subsequent to to, to that, I, I was a CEO there at Navari, and, and uh, after about ten years, the uh, the company was uh, was actually sold to uh, Intuitive, and uh, I had moved on to a woman's health company, and and um, about three years into that gig, I was asked to come over and and be a reviewer at the Fogarty Institute um, for a wave of companies who were applying for residents, and uh, one thing led to another, and. I ended up uh, moving over to the institute on a full-time basis, taking the the role of of uh, director of mentoring, in uh, working with uh, virtually any of the companies that uh, that needed assistance, but especially those companies who were focused in the area of, of mothers and babies, as we call it. Hmm. Now, you and I had met when you were at Navari. I'd written a, a lengthy profile about the company. I like to think it was about a year or so before the acquisition. So I, I clearly had a had a had a hand in, in having you have the company acquired. Do you think so? I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. You should come over and talk to some of these others too. <laughs> if only I had that touch. So, <laughs> what are you doing? What is the uh, Dr. Fogarty gave a great plug for the institute at the conference, but uh, a lot of our listeners unfortunately weren't there, but they'll be there next year. What does the Fogarty Institute for Innovation do? What is your role? I mean, it's more than it's not an incubator. It's it's much more than that. No, we're we're sometimes called an incubator, sometimes called uh, an accelerator. Uh, it, it's a very unique institution. Um, Dr. Fogarty founded it, uh, I guess, in 2007. Uh, he was quite frustrated with the, uh, the 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 pace of development and and the uh, uh, the obstacles uh, to innovation for for small companies. Uh, he's quite uh, he's quite vocal in his criticism of uh, governmental. Uh, interference and and the 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 performance of the of the FDA. So at the time that he started it, there was a, a location uh, on the campus of uh, El Camino Hospital, and uh, one company, which is uh, uh, now HeartFlow, and a a very successful uh, graduate. Uh, then over time, he added a, a couple of other companies, but there was not a lot of structure. And then about uh, Five years ago, um, there was a, uh, a move to expand uh, the institute and its role. Uh, you, you probably know, but I'll mention it, that we're a, a nonprofit. We're a 5013C um, educational uh, nonprofit and added a number of programs uh, that enhanced the, uh, the institute's uh, stature. Uh, but the clearly, clearly the the, the attraction uh, it, it was for for small companies that uh, likely were going to have some challenges in in existing in the traditional uh, venture backed world uh, to to take their technologies, however worthwhile, take them take them through to a commercialization. 
and, and that's that's uh, Dr. Fogarty's uh, passion is to help small companies. So a, a very small but um, uh, accomplished team was assembled uh, to uh, to administer the uh, the various education programs, but then also to uh, provide some structure to support the companies and residents. And uh, and then I joined uh, in early '13. Um, as uh, first as a um, as a consultant, but then it evolved into a, a full time position here. But the responsibilities were always the same from uh, from day one. And what's unique about the uh, the companies that are here and those that have have exited uh, is that they all were uh, are uh, addressing significant problems that uh, are have been ignored um, uh, for whatever reason by. Uh, uh, larger companies and, and their development efforts, um, but because of the uh, the environment, we're finding it uh, significant challenges uh, in in obtaining um, uh, capital for the uh, to advance the company's uh, you know business plans. It's interesting that you're working with with younger people in medtech. I wonder what is their perspective on the sector. I know I'm a a newspaper guy, a former journalism. I see my old industry uh, sort of in tatters and. And I, uh, when I hear from younger people in that sector, there unfortunately is not a lot of hope. There's not a lot of understanding of what's coming next. Is that sort of sense of dread prevalent in the uh, medtech industry, or is there still a lot of optimism? Uh, there's a tremendous amount of optimism, um, and, and we continue to receive inquiries uh, about uh, the possibility of residents from uh, from all corners of the country and from, quite frankly, from, from outside the United States. Uh, uh, young innovators uh, that are uh, absolutely uh, committed to bringing their idea forward and, and uh, into uh, into clinical practice. Uh, so you know, despite uh, the, the the obstacles that are presented, whether it's regulatory or or financial, and in most cases it's financial. If assuming that the clinical story holds up, it's it's primarily a, a financial uh, challenge. They're not daunted. They'll, they they're they're convinced that others have done it and and they can do it too. So that it's good to see. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of commentary about what's going on in Silicon Valley, and I think I think Silicon Valley is probably um, maybe the uh, uh, what's the analogy uh, canary in the in the uh, in the, the oh, gold mine, but but. It it's um, uh, it, it always moves to where where the you know the promise and and uh, and returns are and right now there's you know there's just so much um, uh, capitalization uh, focused on on uh, the the high tech industry um, and it's and of course it's it's changing the way that we do everything today but but med tech. Um, um, is still uh, an area of interest, and uh, it, but because there is um, there are so many uh, people that are reaching for those dollars, uh, you really have to have a very compelling story, and uh, you have to have patience and you have to have perseverance. We'll take a quick break from this conversation to ask you to go to medtechconference.com, check out our agenda and our speakers. We've got some uh, some great panels that we're. Uh, building and getting up on the website and uh, you should be there it's uh, really a fantastic event one um, privileged to be part of and uh, one you should be attending so go to medtechconference.com and register for our conference on june 1st in minneapolis
Now back to this conversation. And, and you've you have to have a kind of a unique niche to a unique focus, and and that's something that sort of has been developing at the the Fogarty Institute. Uh, you're you're dealing with a lot of uh, startups in the in the women's health field, and uh, how did how did that come about? Was that an intentional? We see an opportunity over there. Let's find it, or is this really sort of the market leading you and helping you discover or or making clear? where there's need or where there's opportunity for new med tech ventures? Um, but it's kind of my fault. Um, <laughs> Good going, Carrie. <laughs> so uh, when I was asked to come over as a reviewer for, for the Institute's um, uh, applications in, uh, in, in early 13, we had about three dozen companies, 36 or 38 companies that had applied for for residents, and and uh, we only had two spaces uh, available at the time. Um, but of those those thirty six companies, which we we winnowed down to about ten in in the final round of of uh, of review, um, we ended up with um, four that were in 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 women's health. And two of them had been identified and and uh, and selected, and there was a, a another company that was outside of um, women's health that had been selected, but there were two companies that were going to be um, rejected, and one of them was in postpartum hemorrhage, and one of them was in pelvic uh, floor uh, damage, um, a labor assist device. And um, I, I convinced the, the board that it was folly to not take advantage of two quality companies. Granted, they were, they were, they were young and they were inexperienced, but their ideas were, were clinically and technically sound. And the markets were underserved. And I convinced them that by taking these two companies in, uh, along with the, uh, the two companies were already here, and subsequently we added a, a, a fifth one, that um, we would create a, a, a women's health, uh, you know, platform, if you will, uh, that I believed uh, would would both serve patient populations globally, but would also be uh, a very important uh, cornerstone of of the uh, the, the Fogarty Institute's um, uh, development and and um, and presence in the in the uh, in the Silicon Valley for sure, but in in women's health uh, broadly, and it's turned out to be the case. We we get a lot of inquiries um, uh, about our interest in taking in a another company or uh, talking about um, the uh, the technologies that we have today and their and their uh, their appeal globally. So. Uh, it, it is now an area of, of interest. We, we now have seven out of uh, 11 companies that are in women's health or, or neonatal health. Um, as we, we review new applications, it's not a requirement, and, and uh, we don't, don't uh, uh, bias our perspective. Uh, it's just worked out that way to this point, but that, that first decision to add um, maybe a disproportionate number of, of quality applications that from the, uh, the women's health space ha- has created a presence for us. And do you see uh, the interest sort of following down the, the pipeline? Do you see in the past, women's health has been an area of some uh, focus for VCs and entrepreneurs, but the, the strategic buyers haven't necessarily been there. Do you see more interest in the acquirer side and, and you getting uh, paid for your, your labors down the road? 
there is a lot of interest. Um, if you know, each one of these companies is uh, is an independent entity. They're their own uh, own legal entity. They have their own financing requirements. They have their own team. They have their own business plan. So ultimately, they they decide their own fate. Um, and and our role is just to, to to help them get there in any way that we can. Uh, but obviously, uh, we do have uh, connections with uh, potential acquirers, and and uh, we th- these these companies are being looked at, and uh, there are uh, at least two of them that are, that are in discussions now with um, with potential strategic partners. Um, but we'll see. Um, so far, we have not had a women's health company. Uh, Exit the institute, and and for us, a successful exit is a a company that uh, raises its Series A, and um, that reflects the need for more space and more people, which the institute typically can't uh, can't accommodate. Um, and so, you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna suggest to you that over the next um, six to twelve months, we're gonna have a couple of these companies. Uh, that do reach that uh, that milestone and and uh, are going to be moving out to uh, to pursue their destinies, you know, outside of the uh, uh, the Fogarty Institute itself. But we we continue to retain that uh, that relationship. So yeah, I, I think so. But but the uh, the, the level of, of proof uh, continues to be very high when you're dealing with um, obstetrics and gynecology and and pediatrics and neonatology. Um, they want to see the science, mm-hmm. and uh, they they want to they want to know that the uh, the risk envelope is something that they can accommodate. And just a final question: What has your relationship been like with uh, traditional VCs and and with corporate VCs? I, I know last check, I think you had one relationship with uh, with Samsung. Uh, I don't know if it's as a corporate venturing group or just uh, another sort of uh, tiered relationship. But what what is uh, the institute? How how are you working with traditional VCs and corporate VCs and and helping these companies uh, get out of the nest? Well, we we use our connections uh, and and especially uh, Doctor Doctor um, We we bring these companies or we bring VCs into the institute um, to meet and learn about the companies, and we take the companies to um, uh, venture capital firms. Uh, to tell their stories, and and while we don't always expect that there's going to be a um, an, an investment made, uh, we know that we're going to get very positive feedback, and we're going to get uh, an extension of our of our network to find sources of capital, typically non-traditional sources of capital, uh, for the companies. Um, Johnson and Johnson, as an example, is a, a very strong supporter of the institute. And uh, has extended an offer and uh, has established a program for pr- providing uh, mentoring uh, from J and J resources into the uh, uh, in- into the companies and residents. That's great. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, you mentioned Samsung, and, and Samsung is a part was a part of our this year a part of our uh, summer internship uh, program, and in, in which they provided insights into how some of their products are developed for the uh, the young interns that we had here at uh, at the institute. Well, that's great. Well, it's great to reconnect with you, Carrie. I'm glad I could help out with the uh, sale of a Navari. If you ever need help again, you know where to reach me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's nice to hear some optimism too that uh, there are still young people moving into med tech and 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 creating new ideas that'll become wonderful therapeutics and, and devices someday. Thank you, Tom. I enjoyed talking about it.
Well, thanks, Carrie Pope, for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. It was nice to reconnect with you and to hear the great stories you have to tell from the Fogarty Institute. Uh, it's nice to see those areas in women's health and uh, get get the attention it deserves, but also to see some some fresh faces uh, in MedTech entrepreneurship. So it's a it's it's definitely a sector that's that's drawing new talents, and that's critical if MedTech is going to uh, proceed forward. So. Thank you again for that insight. I'm sure this won't be the last story we'll hear from the Fogarty Institute. Uh, in fact, in in our MedTech Talk newsletter that we sent out uh, this week, we also uh, profiled a couple of the efforts uh, in uh, a couple of the companies that are coming out of the Fogarty Institute. So if you're not receiving the MedTech Talk newsletter, you really should. Uh, go to uh, healthogy.com. Healthogy is the company that puts on the MedTech conference and it's spelled healthegy.com. Sign up for our MedTech Talk newsletter. Sign up for our Breaking Health newsletter. And uh, you'll not only get these podcasts, but you'll also get our videos that we've done not only from our own events, but from other events. We've got some great interviews with J.P. Morgan. And you'll also get some great insights and, and perhaps some breaking news uh, from our team of MedTech reporters. So go to healthegy.com, sign up for our newsletters, and of course, go to medtechconference.com to sign up to attend the June 1st MedTech Conference so we will be able to see you in Minneapolis.